and it affects how you function spiritually. Now you ain't praying like you used to pray. You ain't studying the word. You stop coming to church because what, what, what that spirit of Jezebel is trying to bring on is those three guys that I've had up here. See, see, the spirit of Jezebel roll. See, understand how spirits roll. They never roll by themselves. Remember the Bible says that when a one spirit gets in, he opens the door for seven strong in himself to come back in. And so what happens when Jezebel gets in, Jezebel opens the door, and then here comes discouragement. Here comes dis, uh, despair. Here comes depression. All these guys are coming in as a result of Jezebel getting in your head. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom-focused, kingdom-minded, kingdom living this is the rhema talk podcast and you're listening to pastor damon c johnson founder and senior pastor of manifested glory worship center amen if you have your bibles i need you to turn to the book of first kings chapter 19 first kings chapter 19 we're going to read verses 1 through 6, and today I'm going to read from the English Standard Version because I like the way they put it for me. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. If you do not have your Bibles, we will definitely have the Scriptures on the monitors for you. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. All right. 1 Kings. Amen. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. Again, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, and the Bible reads this way. It said, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba which belonged to Judah and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat underneath the broom tree. Some of your translations may say the juniper tree. And he acts that he might die, acts saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I'm no better than my father's. And he lay down and he slept underneath the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. For he looked, and behold, and there was at his head a cake, of bake, a cake baked on hot stone and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. I have two parts to my sermon title, and the first part of my sermon title is Get Yourself Together. But the second part of my sermon title is The Sound Room is going to help me out with this one. You're watching when keeping it real goes right. <laughs> so play it again. I don't think they heard it. You're watching when keeping it real goes right. Yeah, when keeping it real goes right. So we have two parts. When keeping it real goes right and get yourself together. Yes. Uh, miracles Church come in many different forms. Yeah. 
Miracles come by healing. Some people are healed in their body, and that's the way to receive a miracle. Some people receive financial miracles. Money come out of nowhere. don't know where it came from. Um, but some miracles are emotional or mental. In, nine, in October 24, 1929, the stock market crashed, which led to the Great Depression. People lost their life savings. People got laid off by the thousands. People, thousands of homes were foreclosed on. And the suicide rate skyrocketed. Many today, their existence are very similar to this one. Life has broke people down mentally. We see this in our text with the prophet Elijah. Elijah experienced a mental miracle. Now, here's the lie that we hear in modern-day church. Because I'm saved, I shouldn't be discouraged, or I've never experienced discouragement. Mm -hmm. See, some people believe at some point, if you are discouraged, it means you don't have any faith. And that's not the truth. Everybody in this room at some point has been discouraged. Now, understand that discouragement comes from some type of loss. When you lose something, you get discouraged. So if I lose my job, I may become discouraged. If I have, if I lost a portion of my health, I may become discouraged. If the bills are overdue to the lack, to the loss of finances, I become discouraged. And if we don't deal with our discouragement, it will turn into something. Where are my three guys at? So, so Deacon Luke is discouragement. But what happens if you don't deal with discouragement, it actually grows into depression. Taj. And if you don't deal with depression, it grows into Deacon Sherrod, which is despair. <laughs> you see the progression? They're gradually getting bigger. Now, here's the thing. If you don't deal with discouragement and you stay discouraged for a long time because of your loss, you'll automatically become depressed. And if you don't deal with this, then you become in a place of despair. And another name for despair is hopelessness. You think there's no way out. You think that there's, there's, there's no hope for you. And what happens is there's another D that I'm not going to talk about on the end of here. See, after people are in despair, they think that there's no hope. Then they think that death is their only way out. The four D's. What's the first one? You're paying attention. Then the next one is what? Uh Uh-huh. Then you have despair, then it's death. And people take their lives because of despair. And it all started with this guy. Discouragement. Thanks, children. So, so, So you have to make sure that you don't allow discouragement, big brother, to rise up, this, which is, this, this, with, which is, uh, yeah, depression. <laughs> Help a brother out. I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. <laughs> and see, here's our problem, church. We don't realize that we are made in the image and the likeness of God. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Because, because God is, is eternal, so are you. So, because you are eternal, everything that you can see has an expiration date. So, guess what? Your problems have an expiration date. Everything you can see with your natural eyes will die or go away. 
everything that you could, everything you buy, it ain't gonna last forever. And some people have become their God. And when they die, so did their God die. That car you just bought, I know it's hot. Soon you drive off the lot, it's worth less. That beautiful home, guess what? Those payments coming every month. And that can bring on discouragement, despair. Amen. So you gotta be careful about see what this is how this is our problem. We think because everything around us is temporary, so are we. We're not temporary. We were made in the image and likeness of God. And so because he is eternal, so are we. We're gonna live somewhere forever. We gotta get that in our mind. See, we think that when I close my eyes, that's it. Mm-mm. That's just the beginning. Forever is for a long time. Yes. Who said it? Forever, ever. Uh, forever, ever, ever. Yeah. There's no ending to forever. And so we have to understand that no matter what you're going through, don't ever let it get to the place of despair. Because understand, it's only temporary. It has an expiration date. So we, we oh, I'm in this problem, and I'm going to be here for the, no, that's, you know, listen, you got to understand that you, you're going to live forever, and that problem can't live forever. That situation can't stay around forever. Remember I told you last week, it came to pass. It came here so it can leave. So you have to understand that. And we have to make sure that we never get to that last D. Because it will destroy us. And if we don't deal with it, we would, some people would be willing to take their own lives. So here's the thing. Why was Elijah in need of a, of a miracle, an emotional miracle like this? You got to understand what happened before that. And this is what messed me up about Elijah. So let me tell you what happened. If you read chapter 18, all that happened, he told Ahab was the king. He told Ahab, guess what? It's not going to rain um, for three years uh, until I say it's going to rain because y'all wilding out. Y'all start following these pagan gods, which was Baal and Asherah. You start following them, and God said, God's going to listen to me because I'm a man of God, and I say it ain't going to rain on this earth until I say it's going to rain again. And guess what? For three and a half years, it didn't rain on the earth. It, the struggle was real for everybody. It went to a famine, and it, 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 was, it was horrible, right? Then all of a sudden, Ahab said, you know what? I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Rain about to come. So, but he had to get the people right. So he said, he told Ahab, get all of Israel together, and let's, let's put our gods to the test. And so we know the story. I did this a couple of weeks ago. He put their gods to the test, and, and he said, he told the 450 prophets of Baal, y'all call down fire. If, if Baal could bring down fire, then Baal is God. But if my God could bring down fire, then he's God. And so they, they got two bulls. They made altars. The prophets of Baal, Baal didn't do nothing. They calling out Baal all morning, all afternoon. They start cutting themselves, trying to appease Baal. Baal did nothing. Ahab said, you're done? Bet. Watch this. It's just me and my God. Y'all got two gods, 450, 850 of y'all, because it was 400 prophets of Asherah, too. 850 of y'all, two gods, it's just me and my God, and watch what we do. He said, matter of fact, I'm going to show you how bad my God, he put water around the altar. He called down fire from heaven and licked up everything, the water, the sacrifice, the altar, everything was gone. Right? After that, you know what he did? He said, check this out. Rain's coming. Ahab, you understand he was an old, I mean, uh, 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 Elijah was an old man at this point. He outran the king's chariot. The Bible says the hand of the Lord was upon him. Now you understand, he had to run to Jezreel. That was 15 miles. This boy ran 15 miles and outran the king's chariot. An old man. 
and got there like, oh, y'all just getting here. <laughs> After he got to Jezreel, the next phase, what he did was, he says, we got to get these, rid of these prophets, these false prophets. He got his sword, and they start going out there, and they start killing everybody. All 450, he killed them all. But here's the problem. Ahab was the king, but he wasn't in charge. His wife was running things. His wife was Jezebel. He went home and told his wife. Now, he's the king. You the king. This man just killed 450 of your workers, and you ain't do nothing. You ran home and told your wife, baby, guess what, guess what Elijah did? <laughs> because the Bible says, the Bible says that they ate from Jezebel's table. So they worked for Jezebel. Now, here, now, 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 so if they work for her, they work for him because he's king. Yeah. Ahab did nothing. He went home and told her, babe, you ain't going to believe what Elijah did. <laughs> you ain't got no prophets left. He done killed them all. And so she sends a letter to, to Elijah and said this, so you killed all my people? Guess what? May my gods do to me what I'm about to do to you if I don't get with you. He said, by this time, she said, by this time tomorrow, son, you're going to be dead. <laughs> That's the way I put it, uh, Chanel. <laughs> I like to put it in plain English so I can understand it. <laughs> and so, immediately, Elijah gets scared. No, he didn't get scared when the 850 prophets are standing there and he's standing there by himself. He ain't get scared when, 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 when he had to go fight 450 men. He got scared when this woman sent him a letter and said, I'm going to kill you. And that's what happens to us. We allow the threats of the enemy to put us in a place of panic and fear. He ain't done nothing yet. He just said he was going to do it. And you scared. What you scared for? They're just threats. So let's talk about Jezebel for a minute. Because Jezebel, um, some of y'all work for Jezebel. Some of y'all might live with Jezebel. See, the Jezebel spirit don't have a gender. It's a spirit. And so it can fall on a man or on a woman. So let me tell you what the Jezebel spirit is. It's a spirit that threatens the stability of your mental well-being. It's an emotional bully. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's a manipulative spirit. Y'all quiet in this Lutheran church. Because some of y'all might be Jezebel. Manipulating people to do what you want them to do. Trying to control them. Mentally breaking them down. A mental abuser. You ain't nothing. You ain't going to never be nothing. You're going to be just like your daddy. He wasn't nothing. That's a Jezebel spirit. Throwing threats. You know that boss that threatened to fire you just because they want to flex their muscles? You ain't done nothing wrong. They just want to pick on you. That's the Jezebel spirit. Because they're trying to manipulate. They're trying to control you mentally. And they're trying to get in your head. So you got to be careful about the Jezebel spirits. And you can't do what Elijah did. You can't run from them. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And here's, here's our part we play with Jezebel. We allow the threats to get to our head and overtake us. Now, you can't sleep at night. 
Now you can't eat because you, you don't have no appetite. Because all Jezebel did was give you some threats. I'm about, I'm about to let you go. You better lay off half this company and you, you in the number. Jezebel told you that. You're like, oh man, I'm about to. You got to realize who your father is. Whatever happens to the world ain't going to happen to you. You're, you're God's child. They'll fire everybody. You'll be the last one standing. You got to understand who you are and whose you are. You can't let the threats of Jezebel, that Jezebel spirit, to, to get into your soul, get to your head where it's controlling you. We play a part in this, church, when we allow that to overtake us. And this is what we find here in our text, that Elijah allowed this Jezebel, this spirit, to get in, our, in, get in his head and overtake him. And I've said this to you several times. We know we're made of three parts. We have a spirit, soul, and a body. But all three parts are working together. If something affects me mentally and my soul, it's going to affect me physically. It's going to affect me how I function spiritually. So let's use the same example I just gave. If your boss said, I'm going to lay you off because you get on my nerves. I just don't like you. You ain't done nothing wrong. I just don't care for you. So that's, that's going to get down in your soul. And it's going to affect you physically because guess what? You ain't going to sleep at night. You ain't going to eat right. You're going to develop some type of ulcers and all type of physical ailments because of a thought, because of what somebody said they're going to do to you. And it affects how you function spiritually. Now you ain't praying like you used to pray. You ain't studying the Word. You stop coming to church. Because what, what, what that spirit of Jezebel is trying to bring on is those three guys that I've had up here. See, see, the spirit of Jezebel rolled. See, understand how spirits roll. They never roll by themselves. Remember the Bible says that when a one spirit gets in, he opens the door for seven stronger than himself to come back in. And so what happens when Jezebel gets in, Jezebel opens the door, and then here comes discouragement. Here comes dis, uh, despair. Here comes depression. All these guys are coming in as a result of Jezebel getting in your head. And so now, so now you, you're not, look, and here's the thing. The first thing Elijah did was get on a run all because of a threat. I can always tell when people going through, they stop coming to church. Now that's crazy to me. Because that's the first place I need to be when I'm going through. I need to be in the house of the Lord. But I hear a word that's going to help change my situation. But we run. Look what Elijah did. The first thing Elijah did was he take, now understand that his servant went everywhere with him. Everywhere with him. They went, they get to a city. He said, look, you stay here. Then the Bible says he, Elijah, went by himself a day's journey. A whole day he rolled out so he could be by himself. And that's when the enemy going to get you when you get you by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's when he wears you out. See, that's why he don't like the body of Christ. Because we all get together. We encourage one another. We get together and we, we, we get our minds off our problems because we can talk to another. Oh, man, you know, I felt so good in church because that's the first time I got a hug this week. That's the first time somebody gave and embraced me and said, I love you. And so if I can keep you away from that, if the enemy can keep you away from that, then he keeps you away from your support system. And when he keeps you away from your support system, he's going to wear you out. He's going to keep dropping thoughts. Yeah, you ain't worth it anyway. See? See, see, you see, you see what's happening to you? You think God loves you? God ain't thinking about you because you ain't thinking about God. And he just dropped all these things down in your spirit, and he wear you out because isolation, that's what depression does. It brings you to a place of isolation. And look how quick it happened for Elijah. Less than 24 hours be after the, one of the best miracles we could read in the Bible, he went from the, the mountaintop of victory to the valley of depression. Just like that. 24 hours. Now, for some of y'all, it may not take 24 hours. How long did it take to get a pink slip? 
How long until they get the negative report from the doctor? Don't take long. Don't take no 24 hours. And so we can, if we allow these things to get down on our soul, it will bring us into this state that Elijah's in. He has experienced discouragement. He has experienced depression. And now he's in a place of despair. Now, this is the man of God. Here's the thing, church, you understand. He ain't in the world. He's a man of God. So it lets you know that people of God, that sometimes they get down on their luck. Sometimes they get, they get in a place of discouragement. But we got to deal with it. When, it, when it. when discouragement comes, you gotta say, all right, God, I got to deal with this thing because I'm not going to be depressed. And I'm definitely not going to be in a place of despair. It ain't going down like that. So guess what, God? I'm going I'm to come to you with this thing right now. When I experience the loss, that's when I need to go to God. What we do is we don't go to God. We go to our friends. And they can't help you because they, they worse off than you. They ain't going to tell you they are. But and here's the thing. Misery loves company. You know that, right? And so, oh, and so this is what your friends would do. They, they, oh, yeah, you know, I'm so-and-so going through. Yeah, girl, I heard. Now, how's that helping you? And then they lie to you. I'm going to pray for you. They ain't praying for you. They lying. You know, that's a cliche now. I'm, I'm going to pray for you, sis. I'm going to pray for you, doc. No, you ain't. You're just saying that. That's just a nice thing to say. But are you really going before God on my behalf? And here's the thing. We, we go to everybody except God. God saying, I'm, I'm right here. I'm waiting. I want to help you. But you got to come talk to me. And people will say, I had somebody ask me. They said, well, you know what, pastor? If God knows all our needs, why we got to ask for it? It might make sense to some of you all, but just like anybody as a parent noted the same thing. Right. You know what your kids need, but you need them to ask for it. Yeah. And the Bible says, the Bible says, you need, check this out, you need to ask for what you want from God. Yeah. And, and, and listen, you can't go in there and lie to God. See, we lie to God. God, I'm all right. No, you ain't. You hurting. Mentally, you are broken down, and you need a miracle emotionally. Yeah. And many will lie to themselves and convince themselves, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay. No, you're not. See, that's the problem. We're not keeping it real with God. Yeah. We ain't keeping it real with God. And what we want God to keep it real with us. See, see, we, we go to God and, and we, we, we go with these fancy words. And we go to God with these long 15-hour prayers. And God said, I don't need all of that. I need an honest heart and an open mouth. And, and if you can give me those two things, I'm going to work this thing out on your behalf. But you can't, you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to God. God, you need, Elijah said, look, God, I'm ready to die. Because you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of dealing with Jezebel. I'm tired of being on a run. I'm trying to serve you, and this ain't working out for me. Take my life, God. And here's the problem. Some, some of you may have prayed that prayer, and you're still here. Because you ain't finished your work. Some of you ain't even started your work. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. And, and, and so you asking God to take your life, and that, that's going to leave us in a void. Because the things that's inside of you, we all need. You didn't realize that, that, that God placed gifts in you that we need. And when you sit on that gift, or you, you want to take your life because you're being stingy and being selfish, when you want to take your life, you're depriving all of us what God had placed inside of you that we all need. So, so let, me, let me get back to Elijah. I'm going to stop picking on y'all. Here's our problem. Again, 
everything is connected. And so what happens to me emotionally is going to affect me spiritually. It's going to affect me physically because they're all connected. But here's our problem. If, if you, let me use this analogy. Let's say we are a train. We allow our emotions to be the engine. Wherever the engine, and, and listen, the caboose only going to go where the engine takes it. So, so if, come here, come here, y'all. I'm emotions. He's my, he's my, he's my spirit, and Deke is my body. So wherever I go, they got to go. My emotions. So when I get in a the, in, in the pit, so is my spirit, and so is my body. Because my emotions is controlling me. Now, here's the way it's supposed to be. My spirit should be leading me. And my spirit then speaks to my head. And then my body do whatever the head tells it to do. The problem is that our spirit not in charge. Matter of fact. Way back. Just me and him rolling. Whatever I feel, I do. Soon as I feel it, I do it. Soon as I feel it, I say it. He, 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 he not even part of the equation. But this is the, here's the problem, church. You realize this is what God speaks to. The Bible says God is spirit. And those who worship must worship him in spirit and truth. And so when God speaks to you, he's going to speak to your spirit. And when your spirit is at the last caboose on the train, it's not getting the message to the engine. And the engine is controlling. So the engine is just going and, and going, and it's our emotions. That's what happened to Elijah. He allows emotions to control him. He allows, now understand, here's the, pro, the problem too. The emotion is one part of your soul. It ain't all your soul. Your soul is your emotions, is your intellect. What makes you you is your soul, and your emotions is one part of you. But we allow that to overtake. It's an engine, one of them big engines. <laughs> full horsepower, full speed ahead. And here's the problem. When Elijah saw his thing, he thought he saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And for most of you all, the light in the tunnel ain't nothing but an oncoming train. Wow. And because of that, wow. you're now in despair. Because of what somebody said they was going to do. Because of what somebody said they might do. Now, now, now God protected you when you was fighting the 450 prophets. But he ain't going to protect you against Jezebel. God kept you when they told you they're going to lay you off the first time. God ain't going to keep take, 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 take care of you now. You lost jobs before. You still here. Ain't nobody here looking at you. They hungry. <laughs> hey, listen, I've lost several jobs in my life, but I'm still here. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, what if I killed myself and I lost my first job? People do that. People jump off of buildings when they lose their jobs. The doctor gave you other bad reports. So what? This is another one that God's going to get the victory in. I know what they, I know they've been fighting against you. I know, I know they turned their back on you. This ain't the first time. Keep living. That's what my mom used to tell me. Why'd you do such a son? Keep living. And showing up, sure as fat meat is greasy. <laughs> I've lived enough to say, wow, certain things you're going to keep experiencing. Listen, P 
People will lose. Listen, you're going to lose things in this life. But understand that they are not, they're supposed to be lost. They're temporary. Nothing's here forever. And here's the problem with us as, as the people of God. We try to hold on to things that God's trying to let us go of. Let it go. If it want to leave, let it leave. I Listen, I, I got rid of a lot of stress that way. Folk that want to, oh, you know, I'm out. I love you. But I ain't keeping nobody that want to be kept. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not holding on to things that God's trying to, because this is how God operates. When, when, when this thing leaves, he's making it leave so the greater can come. And the greater not going to come if I'm holding on to this. Some of y'all need, listen, some of y'all, the things that God's trying to release in your life, let it go. Let it go because he has greater for you. And not only does he have greater for you, he's saying, listen, I'm going to keep you while you're going through it. That's why I love Psalm 1. Look, 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 you know what Psalm 1 says? He says that until your harvest season comes, he said he will not let your leaves wither. You know what that means? That while you're still waiting on your promise, I'm going to still sustain you. Yes. While you're still waiting on your breakthrough, I'm going to hold you down. Because yes. that's the kind of God I am. Yes. He said, you ain't got to sweat that. And that's why I love, y'all know my favorite chapter in Matthew 6. <laughs> why are you worried about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear? And what you're gonna, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I'm going to go there. Somebody need to hear it. Yes. Why are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear? What you gonna drink? God said, I take care of the birds and the grass. Aren't you more valuable than birds and grass? You may, you're the only one that's made in this image and likeness. You realize that, right? You're the only one who shares his glory because he gave you dominion. So why wouldn't he take care of you? And because you understand he's gonna take care of you and you can't be stressed about threats. They just threats. They just threats. Coming from somebody that don't love God. They don't know how bad your God really is. Because you understand that she only got the report from her husband what Elijah did. She ain't gonna see it's, 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 listen, if I tell you a story, you see it for yourself, that's two different experiences. I, I witness, see, Ahab saw the fire come down like, man, Elijah's bad, God is bad. Jezebel only heard about it. So she underestimated Elijah's God. She don't know how powerful he really is. And know that he hey, listen. Elijah, here's the thing that messed me up about Elijah. Elijah had God at his beck and call. Wow. When Elijah said it's going to rain, God said, here comes the rain, son. When he said, God, send out fire, here's the fire, son. Wow. When God wanted to, when he wanted to defeat these prophets, I'm going to get them, God. All right, come on, let's go get them together. <laughs> now, some woman said, I'm coming to get you. And he got scared and ran for his life. Drop, his pro drop off his servant at once. He said, look, Doc, you stay here. I'm, and look where he went. The Bible said he went into the wilderness. Wow. He willingly went into the wilderness because that's what we like to do. That's where we have our pity party yeah. in our wilderness. So we, we get in our wilderness. Oh, woe is me. Oh, God, look what's happened to me. Listen, everybody in here have experienced loss. Some of y'all, listen, oh, mm. Listen, this is what the Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit. Some of you all are still experiencing the loss of loved ones. You still got on your, your ash and your sackcloth. And God says, it's time to remove it. He says, 
they're, they're, they've done their mission, but now you got to do yours. And, you, and because you're still mourning, you ain't, let, you ain't released them, so you're not released. Some of y'all, some, listen, I know, listen, I, I experienced loss. In three years, I had to eulogize, stand in a pulpit and eulogize three of my aunts and my grandmother. So don't tell me I experienced loss. I experienced it, but I realized that, that I got hold on to the promises of God. And I know that I can't allow their leaving to stop my destiny. I got to fulfill what God has placed in me so I can die empty. I don't want to leave this, I want to leave this earth have completed everything I'm supposed to have done. And, and here's the problem. When we are holding on to things that's behind us, we're not allowing ourselves to grow. And we stay in our mourning. And we stay in our sackcloth. And we just sit there like this in despair, rocking in the chair. And most, listen, when, when, when you see this, a lot of times people look at you and say, man, they belong in Shepherd Pratt somewhere. Because you have allowed this thing to overtake you. You have allowed the loss to bring you on discouragement, depression, and despair. Elijah, the man of God, he found himself in his position. Th thanks, Deeks. He found himself in his position. And so he went to God and said, God, check this out. I'm done. Kill me. Because I, I, can't, I can't do it no more. I know God probably was sitting in heaven like, are you serious? <laughs> you, you, you're my man on the earth. He's the prophet to the nation. He's, he, he, he's the, I don't know, I mean, I'm not going to say the Pope, but he, he's like the, the big guy. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that people look to for guidance, and now he has lost his faith. That's why you need to keep, keep me in prayer. Pay for your, pay for your pastors. You know, more pastors commit suicide in this down age than any other time in history. Could become discouraged. You build up people and they walk out on you. You don't, you know the average pastor don't make $30,000 a year? Don't get, don't get, don't believe the hype what you see on TV. Those, those preachers of LA, they, they, that's, that's like the 1% of our country that make all the money. That's like, that's the, those guys are. The average church has 50 people in it in our country, 50 to 100 people. And people, people will walk out, they will walk out on the man of God, a woman of God, and go follow the crowd. The ones who don't need the support, they send all their money to them. The local church struggling. Even, even very close to us last year, uh, uh, Bishop uh, Huskins committed suicide. Now, Bishop Huskins was Bishop Brown, our bishop's bishop. Took his life. And, and understand, when, when, I, when, I, when I read the story about Elijah, I think about preachers a lot of times because it's lonely being a preacher. You can't hang out with everybody. You can't go everywhere. Listen, even stuff y'all invite me to, I'm like, I can't go today. I'm the preacher. People got cell phone, it. snap, snap, snap. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm just there, you know, I, I tell you, it was so crazy. I was at Kevin Alicia's uh, wedding reception. I went, to the, I went to the bar to get me a diet soda. <laughs> oh, look at the preacher at the, at the bar. Oh, I'm here to get the soda. And here's, but here's the problem that they don't know, and I teach balance our church. If I was there getting a glass of wine, ain't no sin in that. You realize that? 
Did you realize that, right? If I wanted to get a glass of wine, I would not be in sin. See, some preachers ain't going to tell you that, but I'm going to keep it real. Keeping it real goes right. <laughs> but because everybody don't understand balance and because everybody don't understand that, I can't do that. I can't go to certain things. Being a pastor is a lonely place. And understand that sometimes the men, and we're people too. And sometimes, like Elijah, he probably felt like, man, I can't do this no more. I pour into people, I, I do all this, and I got, got this going on. I can't keep going this. I, listen, if, if this is God honest truth, I had one pastor, he came to me and said, man, look, I'm ready to shut down my church. I said, Doc, don't do it. I said, hold on to God's promise. I don't care how many people, if it's three people there, preach to those three people. Because they need you. And people, listen, people are fickle. They're going to walk out. People are going to come. They're going to go. Let, let them do whatever they're going to do. They're not going to support. But those who are there, look, Jesus had multitudes that followed him. Thousands of people to follow him, but he only had 12 that had his back. 12, and some of them were shaky. Right? He would go preach Thousands of them. Look what happened when he fed the multitude. 20,000, 30,000 people were there probably. 5,000 men and their families. Every, oh, yeah, here comes Jesus. And when he's done preaching, who dared to minister to him? The 12, the 11, whatever they were. And so sometimes, and that might be your picture. I mean, let me take it off the focus off of me, but let, let me put it on you. Sometimes that might be your life. You got to help everybody. And when you need help, nobody's around. You go, you, go, you go above and beyond. When people need a ride, you go pick them up. Now, now your car broke down. Nobody will pick you up. You loan people money all the time. Now your struggle's real. Can I hold five dollars? Nah, Doc, I ain't got it. <laughs> Pocket full of money. And, and, and sometimes we become discouraged. Like, wait a minute, this, this God thing ain't working out for me. Because when I was in the world, I didn't have all these problems. When I wasn't living for God, I had less struggle. And you just got to understand what's really going on because you wasn't a threat to Satan's kingdom at that point. Right. See, he only bothers you when you become a threat to him. And so when you got to understand that when he turns up, you got to turn up. Because you got to understand that God, God is saying, I got your back. I just need you to open your mouth and keep it real with me. Let me get back to Elijah. So Elijah, he, he, he says, God, let me die. Now I want you to see what happened to him because because he allowed the threat of Jezebel getting his head, it affected him how he operated spiritually, and it affected how he physically. He got tired. That's what the Bible says. He laid down underneath the, the broom tree or the juniper tree because he was tired. He was worn out spiritually, mentally, and it just makes you drain physically. So he lays down. God said, we ain't going out like this, Elijah. The, the Lord sent the angel to him. And the angel prepared him a meal. Can you believe that? Look at what the little text says. And he looked, and behold, there was a, at his head a cake baked on a hot stone and a jar of water that the angel made for him. Now, I understand angels are supernatural beings, so that was a supernatural cake mm -hmm. and some supernatural water. You understand? Where he get it from? He got this stuff from, he brought it from heaven with him. I'm going to cook this up for you, man. He woke up like... Is that bread I smell? <laughs> you ever ride up at Emerson Avenue? Lord help me. When they start to break that, bake that bread up there, where 
uh, what's that, uh, Franklin and, and Emerson? Lord Jesus. I remember that sometimes it's a smell to smell. Lord, help. I'm pretty sure that's what Elijah smells. He's... He look, he, hey, look, and then the angel put it next to his head, so he didn't have to go far to get it. He turned around and said, oh. <laughs> no one said it'd be cake. <laughs> he had cake, a cool glass of water, and then look, the angels, look, you got, now, the angel told him, you keep reading the text, told him, lay down. You know why? Because he knew how, you know how black folk get when they get hungry. <laughs> And here's the thing about us. We, ain't got, we can't hear nothing you got to say if we hungry or sleepy. Am I telling the truth? If we hungry and sleepy, you can't say nothing to us. And listen, that's a lesson for those who like to evangelize. Don't try to go out there and evangelize the people and you ain't going to give them no food. One of the, here's one of the tricks of the trade. You go, if you want to go minister to those who are homeless, give them a sandwich first. Let them eat their sandwich. And once they eat their sandwich, then you go talk about the Lord. She got to feed their physical. Because again, we all through three parts, and they're all connected. You want to get to the spirit, you got to feed the flesh first sometimes. So, so, so they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll give him a little sandwich. That's what he had. He said, go ahead and rest your body because you, you're not going to die right here, son. And so Elijah had to deal. He, he, he had an angel come. Now, you do realize God has given you angels, right? Yeah. Let me take you to the text so you won't think I'm making this stuff up. Oh, let me give, can I give you a sidebar? Don't go, in the, don't go in the wilderness unwillingly. I mean, unnecessarily. He went in the wilderness. He, he, you know, with Jesus, when Jesus went to the wilderness, the Bible said the Spirit led him there. Elijah went on his own. And that isolation, I'm telling you, church, that isolation will wear you out every single time. He'll plant, he'll plant lies in your head. They don't like you at that church anyway. Why do you keep going back? And his whole plan, amen, lights and walls. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, where's where, where so-and-so at? Oh, they, they, they don't come here no more. What, what, what happened? Oh, they, somebody said, oh, we don't like them. <laughs> How come I want a part of the conversation? <laughs> nobody, nobody included me in that. But, that, but that's how we get down. Because the enemy has planted those seeds in your head, and then that thing becomes, like, and now we become a threat. All right, let me get to the text. Um, people, people all throughout the Bible was discouraged. Joel was discouraged. You realize that? David was discouraged. He had his own son trying to kill him, Absalom. Moses was discouraged. You know, Mo Moses' struggle was real. He stuttered. He had all types of problems. And then my man Paul. Paul was discouraged. Let me take you here. Go to 2 Corinthians 1. Don't, don't turn it. Just put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 and 9. Second Corinthians 1, verse 8 and 9. Look what it says here. This is Paul speaking. He says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia. And they're talking about Asian Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. Right? It says, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we were what? Despaired. Keep, keep, go to the next verse. Indeed, we felt that we were, we received a sentence of death. 
But that was to make, look what he said, but he said, but. I love that. <laughs> because, but, he said, yeah, we, we struggle, but, but, look what he says here. But that was so we could make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead. I love Paul. He said, our struggle was real. We were despaired. We, our, we were struggling. But I realized it wasn't to destroy me so I could rely more on God and not on myself. So, so, so Elijah, let me get back to Elijah. So Elijah, he, he's ready to give up. He's tired. He lays down underneath this tree, and he's sleeping. He arrives. Go, go to verse 5 of back of our text. 19, chapter 19. Look what it says here. And he laid down, and he slept underneath the broom tree, and behold, the angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Go to the next verse. And he looked, and behold, there was a kick at his head. And look, he ate, he drank, and he lay down again. He had to get his, get his mind right, he had to get his body right. He needed to get himself together. So let me take you to the scripture that talks about the, the angels. Hebrews 1, 14. Listen to what it says here. It says, are, not, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation? That's angels. God has angels camped around you. You realize that everybody here has an angel, that's, that, that, and their job is to bring to you what God has for you and to protect you from all hurt, harm, and danger. You realize that, right? And so... But here's the thing. A lot of us are not receiving our angel because we ain't keeping it real. Elijah went to God and said, look, God, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die. I'm going to take me a nap, and hopefully you'll kill me in my sleep. He woke up to bread and water that an angel brought to him God, because Elijah kept it real with God. And because he kept it real with God, God said, I'm going to send your angel, and he's going to help you out here. Look what it says here in Psalm 34, 17 and 19. It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of some of their trouble, right? Oh, okay, all their trouble. All right. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of some of them. Come on here. Out of all of their afflictions. Let me give you another one. I want you to read these. When you get discouraged, I want you to read these scriptures. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. I love this one. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Ain't that encouraging? You got to realize what the word has said. I want to show y'all something now. The sound, um, the sound room is going to show you. I'm going to show you this video. And I, I, I want you to look at this thing and know that this is how we should be when, time, when things happen, when trials come our way. Um, but church, listen, we got to deal with our discouragement. And we got to deal with our discouragement so it doesn't grow into depression. And we don't want our depression to grow into despair. And we got to be honest with God. And here's the thing. We got to get ourselves together. We have to get ourselves together. Because here's the thing. Elijah was ready to quit. And, and he was ready to quit in a time where God didn't need him to quit. And that's what I'm saying to you all. You, some of you all are ready to quit. And God says, it's not your time to quit. 
You can't quit because I ain't quitting. And God is saying, I'm going to hold you down. You don't have to be afraid of the Jezebels. You ain't got to worry about your finances. I'm going to take care of you. You ain't got to worry about your health because I'm, I'm a healer. You ain't got to worry about people trying to come and get you because I'm your protector. You got to realize who God is. We went through the names of God, all who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Sikkenu. He's Jehovah Mkadesh. He's all these things, and, and we got to realize who he is. And when we realize who he is, then we realize who he is to us. He's our God. And because he's our God, he's not going to allow us to go down, and especially go down without a fight. You're you, you going to go down without a fight? And you call yourself a believer? Understand Elijah wasn't in the world. He was in the church, and he was discouraged. But he needed to deal with that thing so they didn't grow. If you keep reading the story about Elijah, he get himself together. He finally get himself together. He end up... Uh, anointing Elisha to be his, his, his the one that's going to take after him. But Elisha went to the next level. Elisha said, check this out. I know all the things you did, Elijah, but God, I want a double portion of that thing. I want to do double what he did. And, but listen, if he had died here, he would have never met Elisha. And then the world would have never had the next prophet. See, that's what I'm saying to you, church. You can't quit right where you are. God is saying, I know you need an emotional miracle, but open your mouth and keep it real with me. And when you keep it real with God, God will keep it real with you. And that's why I said, get yourself together. And this is the episode of when keeping it real goes right. Because Elijah kept it real with God, it went in his favor. And when keeping it real goes right. And so I want you to be honest, brutally honest with God. I want you to tell God, look, God, listen, this is where I am. This is, this is my struggle's real. And I need a breakthrough. And God said, okay, I got you. Here comes your angel. And the angel's going to bring everything that you need. He's going to minister right to your need. And notice what the angel did first. He ministered to his physical need first. And then he met all his other needs. Stand on your feet. I'm done. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk Podcast. To hear this sermon again, or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to mgwc.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast, and we hope you will join us next time.